You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. Celebration Ringers, we are definitely blessed by your presence today in worship. Thank you so much. So I want to introduce uh, the person to my right here. Uh, he, um, gosh, it's been eight years ago. Almost eight. Has it been eight years? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, so eight years ago, Zach and I got this bright idea to sign up to go to Global Young People's Convocation in the Philippines. And I was one of the adult leaders, and Zach was one of the adult sponsors. And um, our uh, friendship developed and um, kicked off. And a lot can bring you really close when you land a uh, land in the Philippines in the middle of a typhoon. Um, we definitely learned a lot about each other and about praying to God in ways that um, we never thought imaginable, praying through a typhoon. And one of my memories th- is I was sitting next to Zach in this gymnasium that they had us in as a typhoon was blowing through. And I look, uh, I look up and you could see the roof lifting up on the gym. And I just look over at Zach, and I said, I think we need to get our stuff and get out of here just in case uh, we need to. And through those relationships, we've developed a, a, um, an eight-year ministry of sharing what, what is called the Bearded Theologians podcast. And in this ministry, we've um, interviewed famous speakers um, and writers across uh, Methodist lines and other uh, parts of Christendom, and we've uh, done some really cool and fun things. Um, We are, uh, the Methodist Press picked us up a few years ago and asked us to come and shoot a video video series uh, with their new amplified media. And and so you're going to get kind of a a live podcast show. And (laughs) for those of you that don't know what a podcast is, ask your grandchild and then just say, uh, I've been to a live podcast show. (laughs) And you don't even have to say which one. Just say that you've been to a live taping of one and they'll think you're really cool. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to let Zach introduce himself a little bit more and we'll go from there. We often start with a a thank you for listening and we're sorry uh, (laughs) that we put you through it. Uh, But we're glad that you're all here. My name uh, is Pastor Zach Bechtold. I uh, currently live in Cheyenne, Wyoming, way over in the Wild West. Uh, It's where the wind comes from. Uh, It's it's a great place to be. Uh, When I met Matt, I lived in New Mexico. I grew up in Texas. And from Wyoming, I moved down from Montana. So it's been a wonderful journey being, um, being part of this world, being a United Methodist pastor in all the places that it's taken me. Uh, I currently serve Grace United Methodist Church there in Cheyenne. And I also serve, you'll see in the bulletin, my title's about this long. Uh, it, and I, I serve as the Congregational Resource Minister for the District of Wyoming, and which just simply means I work closely with the district superintendent and I serve our, our some 38 or so churches and pastors as a resource uh, for the ministry that they do. And so I get to travel all across the state of Wyoming, be in churches just like this, and just be a presence be a resource and uh, get to follow um, where God is calling me in this ministry in in a lot of different ways, which is really fun. And then I get the occasional Sunday where I get to travel to Oklahoma and be here with you all. So thank you for having me today uh, and giving me a space in your service. Well, and the reason why Zach is here, it's the... um 
I, I really do believe it's the Holy Spirit work because you had that, fu- or that wedding last night and then we were asked to co-officiate a wedding uh, later this week in Tennessee. And it just was like the perfect schedule that there's a Sunday in between those times. And so I said, hey, I appreciate your church. You preach at mine and we'll, uh, we'll have a good time doing this. And so that's, that's kind of, let's land the ship and go from here. But if you remember for um, this um, sermon series that we're in, Building a Larger Table, the joy of building a larger table, and we're reminded of this quote from John Pavlitz that says, The heart of the gospel is the ever-expanding hospitality of God. Jesus, after all, was a carpenter. Building bigger tables was right into his wheelhouse. And as Jesus lived and modeled his ministry, that's exactly what he did. He encouraged people to build bigger tables. Religious leaders, uh, people on the outsides of society, People on his inner sides, the, the disciples, he encouraged them to build those larger tables, to bring people in, to sit with those that don't even agree with you. Jesus modeled a way of ministry that if we lived into today, lives would be touched and changed. And so as we're working through this, we're going to be looking kind of at the, at the Gospel of Luke chapter 14, and, and we're looking at uh, specific verses. Shannon's going to handle a bit of the latter part of 14, and we've got a really good series uh, for the rest of the time together. So I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles, and let's dig into this. Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 24. Listen to these words. Then Jesus said to the person who had invited him, When you host a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and your sisters, your relatives or rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return, and that will be your reward. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. Instead, you will be repaid when the just are resurrected. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, Happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. Jesus replied, A certain man hosted a large dinner and invited many people. When it was time for the dinner to begin, he sent his servant to tell the invited guest, Come, the dinner is now ready. One by one, they all began to make their excuses. The first one told him, I, brought a far- I bought a farm and must go to see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought five teams of oxen and I'm going to check on them. Please excuse me. Another said, I got married so I can't come. And when he returned, the servant reported the excuses to his master. The master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go quickly to the city streets the busy ones and the side streets, and bring the poor, crippled, blind, and lame. The servant said, Master, your instructions have been followed, and there's still room. The master said to the servant, Go to the highways and the back alleys and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks Thanks be to God. Amen. So Zach, what did you hear in that scripture for today? (laughs) So this scripture always, uh, it makes me think 
about Christmas, and I know we're not quite there yet. There's a few more days, but if you're counting, it's something like 80 days till Christmas. Um, so go here and panic. It's fine. Uh, but it always makes me think of Christmas because my, I've got a couple of older brothers, and they, they got married and started having kids a little bit before I graduated high school. And I can remember my dad physically taking three tables and putting them together, literally building a larger table. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, and, and it was, they weren't nice tables. One was a table from a restaurant, one was a picnic table, and then, you know, one of those old wooden tables that you probably have out in storage that are about 9,000 pounds. He took those and attached them all together, and then he spread a really big, like three or four different tablecloths. One was Thanksgiving, one was red, you know, just whatever they could put together. But I can remember that so vividly of him building this bigger table so that we could all sit together as family welcoming in these new people into our lives and into our family. But he always took it a step further. I can remember not only did he invite new uh, daughter-in-laws into the family and children, but every year it seemed for a stretch of years there was somebody that wasn't family at Christmas. It was a friend of a friend. It was somebody who was having a rough time. But there was always a space at the table. And he kept building that table bigger to the point where he had to build a bigger room for it all, for everyone to fit. And I, I asked him one time, I was like, Dad, why, why don't we just go buy a new table? Or why don't we just put two or three of these plastic tables out? They're really convenient. And he's like, because we need to sit together. It's important that we come together as family. And he never made that distinction of, well, there's family and friends. His table was always and is always for family. And so when, I, when you read through this scripture and that idea of building the bigger table and, and going out and just making the invitation and welcoming anybody who comes and sits, I, I think of my dad. I think of him literally building a bigger table and how much that meant and means to everybody who gathers around that table anytime we're around. And I think that that's why Jesus was using this moment to push those that are in there. Because if you remember last week when we talked about uh, who was at this table in this house that Jesus was sitting in, there were Pharisees, there were religious leaders, there were uh, people who were on the outside. Because, you know, one of the things I've read in the, in the gospel is that Jesus didn't just bring anybody to the table. He brought anybody and everybody he could with them and encouraged the disciples to do likewise. So like, you know, that picture of Jesus sitting at the table, the Lord's Supper table, I really believe that is an incorrect understanding of what really happened. Because when you look at the scriptures, Jesus didn't say, all right, 12, all right, you 11, um, you're going to line up along right here, and, um, and that's it. We're not going to worry about the people on the other side of the table. There were people on the other side of the table, and those people are you and me. And we're called through uh, being a faithful follower of Jesus. Jesus' teaching here is, is a little harsh, that when you're invited, you should show up. And if you don't accept that invitation that God gives to us, you don't want to know the outcome. There won't be a second. And, and, I, and I love this. I love, like, in this, in this story how he, the, the homeowner says, go and, and find people. And don't just say, like, go outside. Like, go out into the world, the known world for them. 
And that's a challenge for us to, to go out into the known world and get to know those people who wouldn't have been invited elsewise. Absolutely. And, and that's something I enjoy about this because we, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, John Wesley and the Methodist Church, right? His, his big thing was the world is our parish. And, and I take that calling very serious to go out. It's not just what lies within these four walls or in our own communities, but beyond. Who is out there? Who is the world that we see? And this idea to go, that it's not just the people we know, that it's not just the people we're comfortable with. And, and when I hear Jesus tell this story and say, go and find the folks, not the ones who you're comfortable with, the friends, but the other, those who have been set aside or, or over here and forgotten about, go and find them. Go and be with them. And, and this idea of having a bigger table, for me, it's all about presence. Because when, when we build a bigger table, we're there. We're present with the folks who are there. And we make space for the folks who are there. And we come together. Well, did you notice in the, in the scripture today when, when they did that? So the first time he goes out, and he comes back, and they've got all these people. Yeah. There's more room at the table. Yeah. And so the, 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 the landlord person says, go. Go get more people. But, but, you know, there's a highway. Go to the highway. Could you imagine if, I, if, if you all went out to the bypass and said, hey, come to church with me? Now, granted, we live in different times. You'll get honked at. You may <laughs> get hit by somebody. So let's do it in a safer way. But there are people that we can go and get who are beyond what we're looking at. The table's big enough. All are welcomed. And when we embody that, and we go and, and actively search and minister to and minister with people, that table will never be full. So Zach, in your context, where you come from, where you minister and what you get to see working with all those churches, where do you see, how, how have you seen this played out in, your, in the congregations that you work with and in your own context? Yeah. So, so in the great state of Wyoming, we have all of about a half a million people, just a little over in the entire state, which driving here, I drove from Cheyenne to, to Tahlequah here, and it seems like there's about 10 million people on the road in between here and there. Uh, <laughs> And so when we take this idea and, and we go out west where communities are further apart and we know everybody, right, because our communities are smaller and we see everybody and we feel when people are in the hospital or when people are away, we, we know that because we physically don't see them. We get stuck in that mindset of, well, I know everybody. I know what's going on. We have plenty of room at the table and yet we, look, we don't see. We don't look past what we know into what we don't know. I've served in communities where, you know, 1,500 people, and they say, oh, we know everybody. And then there's this feeling of, oh, we don't like it that we're growing. Now we don't know everybody. And it's just an opportunity to remember that the table is big enough, that there is enough room. And, and we buy into that, well, we're going to go ask the people we know, and we get the excuse of, I can't be there, I'm busy, whatever. Well, this is not enough. We, we can't do any more, and yet there's this whole group of folks that we're missing for whatever reason. And I've seen it in just about every community I've served. It's uncomfortable. It pushes us into a place where it feels weird to go out beyond. 
And yet that's exactly what Jesus is calling us here. And, and, and then we make that excuse, right, of, oh, well, we just don't have enough. You know, maybe there isn't enough room at the table, or how are we going to get more tables and bigger? And yet Jesus says there's always room at the table. And I love watching people go out into their communities when they tell me they know everyone and see everyone and know all the things, and they meet someone new. And it's this beautiful thing of, oh, there is more. And it just takes that little bit of a push, that, that call to go and to see and to remember that there is enough room. There's always another seat at the table. And one of the ways I've seen this play out, and you all have seen it too, is at the Wesley Foundation. There is always a seat at the table at the Wesley Foundation. Now, it may mean you're sitting upstairs in an obscure room uh, because the weather's bad and you can't go sit outside. Or it may mean that, um, you know, they're, they're, you may be sitting next to a whole bunch of people you don't know who they are. But that's what it means to build that larger table. To not worry about who you're sitting next to or who you're going to engage or who you're going to connect with, but to be aware that you're welcomed here and you're cared for. And maybe today, maybe there's someone you haven't seen in a while. Yes, COVID has wrecked everything. Let's lay that on the table. COVID has wrecked how we handle the church. COVID has wrecked how we handle relationships. COVID has wrecked everything. But that doesn't change how we care for people. Think about someone that you haven't seen in a while. Maybe text them, call them, however you communicate. Reach out to them and say, hey, it's been a while. How about we go get some coffee? Or how about we go, you want to go have dinner? You know, you know me and dinner, like, if you're going to invite me to dinner, I'm going to come. Especially if you're paying for it, I'm going to come. <laughs> but when I, I encourage you to build that larger table, think about who hasn't been sitting around your table lately and find out why. That's what ministry looks like. It's getting to know people where they're at and finding out their why and finding out how can we make their why into their passion of why they follow Jesus to go out and to build a bigger table. It's this continual cycle. But what's happened in the church is we became complacent with who was at our table. And as people started dropping off, we didn't pay attention or new people came in and we weren't fully being aware of who was and who wasn't. So what if you all thought about those people you hadn't talked to in a while? Gave them a call, send them a text, send an email, send them mail, however you need to communicate, however it's comfortable for you to communicate. Because people communicate differently. And if we live by that platinum rule of treating people how they want to be treated, you know those people and how they want to be connected to. Connect with them. Because that will help build a larger table. So Zach, as we kind of bring this to a close, what, what, are some other, what are some kind of final thoughts uh, to share? I think this morning I'm left thinking, what if this table, what if this table and the tables that we build, if we build them in mind of what we don't know, Right? Jesus talks a lot about the other, the people who are overlooked and left out, and this idea of a bigger table always having enough room. I know for me and my family, there's five of us, and when we set the table, we set for five. But what if we just started setting it for six and seven and seeing who shows up? 
in whatever table that is, whatever ministry that is, whatever space that is for you, I, I think I'm left wondering that question. What if we begin to set the table not for what we know, but for what we don't know? That's what I'm left with. And I was thinking it takes us to be actively engaging people. We can't just set the table and say, and just say, table set. <laughs> Somebody's going to show up. They won't come unless you invite them. Yeah. And here's the thing with the church. Here's where our society has pivoted towards. They're going to tell you no. Yeah. Keep asking. They're going to tell you no. Keep asking. They're going to tell you no. Keep asking. Because you are laying seeds, you're laying a foundation that they know that there is a spiritual community who wants to connect with them and care for them. And eventually it may be a yes. But if not, it may mean that they know that you're the spiritual friend that they can lean into when something hits the fan and they need somewhere to lean into. And if we can do that, that transformation we talk about all the time happens. Not only are they transformed, but you become transformed. Because yes, it does push you outside of your norm. But that's where Jesus calls us to be. So don't be afraid. Be willing to go and invite and make space because there is room at the table for all of you. Let us pray. God, you are with us in every step and every breath that we take. May you bless us and keep us and make your face known to us so that we can help transform the world through you. And so, Lord, as we go and build larger tables, remind us that when we have that anxiety or that stress, that it will be okay. Remind us that if we invite people into our homes, that yes, that we have a mess, but that is okay because they're not there for the mess. They're there for fellowship and getting to know each other. So Lord, help us break down those barriers and be willing to grow the table so that people will know your love. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and be with us. And all of God's people said, amen. You're, um, we're going to sing hymn number... Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you, and have a good day.